Do you love watching sports highlights? Five Star, the world's first sports highlight rating app is here. Athletes and fans can share, view, and rate the best sports highlights between one and five stars. The app is comment-free and has athletes of all skill levels, even pros like Kylie O'Miller, Kyle Harrison, and the 2022 PLL MVP, Trevor Baptiste. Download Five Star Highlights to earn yours. We turned the page, and now it is January 2023. Teams uh, started practice this week as the second semester looms, and the season is uh, less than a month away. A lot of teams will play on February 4. Uh, I finished up my college football season with a with a trip uh, really across the country, did a game at uh, the Kimmel Bowl on radio in L.A., got to see SoFi Stadium. It was unbelievable. Spent uh, a week in Hawaii. I have an aunt and uncle who live there and covered the Hawaii Bowl and then made it back east uh, to Orlando, watched Florida State play and finished up in the Cotton Bowl uh, with just an incredible performance by Tulane. Uh, really inspiring. Tulane uh, beats USC with a late second uh, comeback. Uh, so I'm transitioning into uh, lacrosse mode now as we welcome uh, Rutgers head coach Brian Brecht into the scene, a fresh off uh, championship weekend appearance back in uh, last spring, 2022. Coach, uh, welcome to the new year and, and welcome to the start of the season. Thanks. Appreciate you having me today. Uh, where are you guys at right now in terms of uh, practice starting and, and your approach in the month of January? Yeah, we uh, we just returned to campus and uh, started up with practice uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact. So this will be our our first uh, week of practice with the guys uh, just getting uh, transitioned uh, back after the break and uh, preparing for the start of the season. I want to talk about your background, your, your, your rise through the coaching ranks. I find I find really interesting, honestly, because you started at the high school level at Yorktown back in 1995. And I may have been coaching at Boys Latin. At that time, I remember Yorktown came down on a Saturday and played BL. I'm not sure what year it was. Uh, Watson was a defender on that team, so it might have been pre-95. But how do you describe your path? Uh, started at Yorktown, Hartwick. Uh, you kicked around as an assistant, Penn, Army, Loyola for Coach Cottle, and then finally landing that head co coaching job at Siena. How, how would you describe your path? Yeah, no, I appreciate, uh, you know, all the people and I'm very fortunate for uh, uh, the head coaches that uh, I had a chance to learn under and mentor, you know, George Searing was the head coach, uh, you know, at Yorktown at the time in 95. And, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, you look back at that team, I say it all the time, the, the talented players uh, across the board, that was when, uh, you know, Robbie Dorr was a senior down there and, uh, you know, uh, uh, all those guys, uh, you know, from that era, um, you know, the, the years and the careers they had in college was, uh, uh unbelievable. I think there was, uh, you know, 10, 11, 12, uh, you know, college all Americans on that one high school team. So, uh, but, uh, no, I, I enjoyed, uh, every step of the way. I, I think, uh, you know, uh, you know, division three school and Ivy league school military academy with, uh, with Jack Emmer and, um, you know, the uh, opportunities, to uh, the coach with, uh, Mark Van Arsdale and, um, you know, Roy Whipple at Hartwick, who gave me my first college job. Um, you know, I, I've enjoyed uh, and take a lot from, uh, you know, uh, being in the office, being on the field with those guys, um, you know, as I started my career. Yeah, it's an amazing cross section of people and different institutions, uh, you know, diff different histories. Uh, it's just a fascinating uh, dichotomy, so to speak. Your, your time at Siena, uh, you guys had a lot of success. I remember you guys played the NCAA tournament, uh, I believe, twice, covered one of those games. Uh, what are the parallels between when you taken over a Siena program to when you took over the Rutgers program a, a decade ago? 
I think you know one of the things uh, that that I saw uh, in the Siena program, uh, very similar school to to Loyola College, you know, in Albany, New York, uh, you know, small private, you know, uh, you know, uh, Catholic school, um, you know, so uh, you know, a lot of lot of tradition uh, and, and rich alumni who uh, enjoyed their experiences there. So uh, I think uh, you know you look at uh, you know a school with good academics, you look at a school with uh, you know a good alumni base uh, uh, who want to give back, and as you well know, um, you know, in, in this era. You know, we're not in, uh, you know, uh, big time football and basketball. So, uh, you know, the schools, uh, you know, both at Siena and Rutgers have been uh, very supportive, but, you know, our alumni base have been very supportive. And I think, uh, you know, those are some of the similarities uh, as far as, you know, growing and building the program and uh, attracting the families and the players to Siena. The same thing uh, is what we've done here at Rutgers, uh, you know, over the last couple of years. You got the Scarlet Knights rolling right now. Uh, I believe in the last two years, your Big Ten record outside of Maryland is like 13 and one. Quarterfinal appearance in 2021. Last year, uh, national semifinals, championship weekend, a hallmark moment for the program. I, I want to go back to that first playoff game when you guys hosted Harvard. I was lucky enough to cover that game. And, and to me, that was one of the special moments of the, of the entire season, coach. To, to drive into that place after graduation, to see the cars in the parking lot, to see the people tailgating, to get in the stadium and see 5,000 enthusiastic fans. To me, that was like one of the coolest days of all last spring and maybe one of the cooler days in the history of Rutgers program. I, I, got, I got to tell you, that was affirmation. It was so special to be a part of that. What was it like for you? I think, uh, you know, I share the same uh, feelings and and uh, I think uh, the guys uh, on the field and the alums in the stands, uh, I think, uh, you know, look at that day as, uh, you know, being an exciting day for Rutgers lacrosse. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, Yursak Field uh, uh, is certainly a special place, uh, you know, uh, thanks to Ron Yursak and uh, an All-American uh, back in the 60s here at Rutgers and, you know, with the, uh, with the you know, the postseason in the middle of May, you know, the weather, you know, that time of year, the the grass was great. Uh, the, the fans, uh, you know, uh, that came out to support uh, us were fantastic. The, uh, the young alumni, the old alumni, I, I think it was a great experience for our, you know, current and, and former players. So uh, it's, it's certainly something I'm going to take and uh, remember for a very long time. And uh, I think all the guys on that field and in the stands that day uh, really enjoyed, uh, you know, the whole atmosphere. Like you said, it was a, it was a great day for Rutgers. You beat Penn the next week in the quarterfinals and get over the hump and make championship weekend. Things didn't turn out like you wanted it to in the semifinals. Uh, what 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 are the lasting lessons? What are the lasting positives that that you pull from from the run to uh, to the big time to you know to Memorial Day weekend? Yeah, you know certainly uh, you know you know players make plays, and in the last couple of years we've had a, a lot of dynamic players and a lot of seasoned guys that have uh, you know been through the ringer and uh, had experienced the ups and the downs, and you know I, I kind of felt. Uh, last year, after the experience of going to the quarters the year before, that uh, with all the veterans coming back and their experiences and and talents, uh, that you know, I don't want to say they you know you know they they felt like they they had this, but they 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 knew and they they had a real vision and their and their preparation and their work you know matched you know what they wanted to do, which was you know play on Memorial Day weekend. And, uh, you know, I think they, uh, you know, had a great season and, uh, and really uh, uh, very proud of everything they've accomplished. And, you know, just, you know, you know Cornell's a great team and, and being in that uh, uh, arena is, you know, it's, it, it's different. It's the first time for all of us, you know, uh, coaching staff, players, uh, administration. So, um, you know, it was uh, probably not our best lacrosse uh, throughout the year. 
Uh, but I look back and I, and I think that, you know, if we did that earlier in the year, we had some one goal wins and we've, you know, won some, uh, you know, tough games on the road and at home. Um, and if we didn't do that during March and April, we probably wouldn't have been in that situation at the end of May. So uh, you just wish that, uh, uh, you know, in that last game, um, you know, we could have uh, played a little better uh, and more consistent to how we did things throughout the year, um, you know, to have that be, a, you know, a fun and exciting uh, game for, you know, both the fans and, and everyone involved. Yeah, no, it, it was an amazing two-year run for for transfer goalie Colin Kirsten. You know, you, you mentioned the championship weekend, and it's something that we've seen before, Coach. Uh, not uncommon uh, that the new face struggles, and I don't know what it is. You know, I remember when Georgetown and Dave Yurick had a good team, and they showed up and didn't play their game. Delaware had a similar situation, Albany and, and coach Scott Marr. Uh, and then as recently as Penn state, uh, you know, a team that just, I, I don't know what it is about championship weekend, but it seems like sometimes a new face has an out of body experience. They just don't play up to par for whatever reason. Uh, with that now in your bag of experiences, you know, with, with your, with your team, what do you think of the lessons that, 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 that apply going forward? Yeah, I think, you know, you know, you hit the nail on the head as far as, uh, you know, those experiences, nothing happens overnight. So whether it's, uh, you know, learning how to win at this level, making the NCAA tournament, winning an NCAA tournament game, you know, obviously uh, having, uh, you know, a couple tough uh, tournament wins to, to make it to championship weekend. Those are all experiences that, you know, uh, the program as a whole and the players in the locker room have to experience. And I think, uh uh, I think we've done a good job, give a lot of credit to, you know, some of the uh, former players that have, uh, you know, done a lot of the heavy lifting for this program back in when we started in the Big Ten in 2015 and 16, uh, you know, to, you know, it didn't just happen, you know, the last two years. So, uh, uh, but, uh, you know, this is a challenge that our 2023 team has now, you know, with a lot of new faces, uh, you know, to be able to, you know, learn from the experiences to have the older guys mentor the young guys. And uh, you know, continue to you know take steps forward uh, as as our program has done since we started in the Big Ten back in 2015. Looks like I was taking a, a look at your schedule, Coach. Looks like you're going to play three scrimmages and then open non-league play against Marist, Stony Brook. Uh, the, the key non-league games would be at Army against Loyola, and then the Princeton game on March uh, 11th. The Princeton game last year was unbelievable. That that was a cool game. The fans showed up. Uh, it was just uh, that was a great lacrosse game. One of the better regular season games, I think, in the country all March last year. How, how would you best describe your, your non-conference schedule? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, with the, the natural rivalries uh, in state uh, with uh, Rutgers and Princeton and, you know, uh, you know, that's one of the longest standing, uh, uh, you know, games that we have again with uh, West Point as well. Uh, I think, uh, you know, the geographical uh, rivalries between, you know, Rutgers, uh, Princeton, West Point and and, uh, and Penn State uh, are uh, one of the longest uh, in the country. And then, uh, you know, Loyola is a great game, uh, you know, having a chance to, you know, have some uh, experience against those uh, non-conference games. And, and I think, uh, you know, some of the you know, other ones on our schedule, you know, you're looking at some of the, the better teams in their conferences with, you know, Marist and Stony Brook and UMass and Utah with the season they had last year. Uh, you know, those are all going to be, you know, great opportunities for our guys to grow, um, you know, in the early season and, you know, prepare us for uh, the Big Ten games, uh, which ultimately, uh, you know, uh, with the day of uh, the AQs and, you know, uh, making sure you have a competitive schedule, you know, non-conference, 
for the for the at large bid is going to be very important for us uh, as we go through and and take every game uh, you know the same way with our approach and uh, our preparation and and um, you know we have sixty minutes uh, you know thirteen times throughout the year to uh, have success and those are some of the things we're working on in practice every day. That last uh, non conference game at UMass can be a little, little tricky there. Uh, Coach Cannell and Amherst, never an easy, easy spot for a trip. Uh, the, the Big Ten, I look at it this year, Maryland will, will take a step back towards the pack. I'm not, I'm not sure how big that step will be, uh, but coming off an historical season uh, and, and losing some key parts, you know they're going to take a step back. How far? We'll see. The rest of the league, Coach, I, I honestly think Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, and Hopkins will all be slightly better this year. Uh, how do you how do you describe uh, what you feel as as the Big Ten Conference these days? I, I agree uh, wholeheartedly uh, with exactly what you said. So uh, I think uh, uh, you know take nothing away from uh, Maryland uh, after the year they had, and you know when you graduate uh, uh, a lot of talented players like they have. Uh, you can say on paper uh, uh, that, you know, they would take a step back, but uh, you know, how much it, it's probably a, a slight uh, step, as you said. And I do agree. I think our, uh, our whole conference is, uh, is getting better. And um, you know, that's a, uh, that's, that's great for us and our student athletes. It's uh, great for our fans and alumni. So, uh, you know, we need to do the same thing, you know, we need, and I think that's what the conference has allowed in the, in a short, you know, number of years that we've been uh, uh, around. Uh, I think that you've seen the, the growth of our, our programs in our conference uh, competing at a at a high level is uh, I think uh, has helped us uh, personally uh, here on our campus and uh, it's helped our conference uh, overall in the, in the country. Your staff returns intact coach Saramit again again working the offense uh, any news in terms of facilities uh, you know field locker room anything anything happening? Yeah, well, we just, uh, you know, opened up a, a new building in 2021, the Rodkin Center here on campus. So uh, it's really been, a, uh, you know, it's it's exciting to bring our alumni back and, and recruits in on campus. But, uh, but you know, I see the day-to-day -day functionality uh, of uh, what we have, uh, one-stop shopping under one roof, uh, all our offices and their, their locker rooms, the weight room, the treatment and the training facilities, you know, nutrition center, academic support, you know, uh, all under one roof, uh, you know, certainly is a uh, given them not only a great place to develop, train and practice and take care of their bodies, but also, you know, the academic support, the tutoring, uh, it, it's kind of used as a library in some sorts for our guys before and after practice. So it's, uh, it, it's it, I really think it's helped the camaraderie. It's helped the, the gelling of uh, uh, the teams each of the last two years uh, because they're spending so much time together, uh, both on and off the field, uh, you know, with the building we have. And then, you know, the next step is uh, is the standalone stadium, you know, similar to your SAC, uh, you know, for our uh, men's and women's program. Let's talk about some guys on your team this year. Uh, I want to start with the transfers where you've done a remarkable job. I think you're one of the first lacrosse coaches to react to the shift in the environment of college sports right now. And, and that the transfer portal in combination with COVID can be a difference maker and can be a real positive for student athletes to, to get a graduate degree, to extend their careers and really set themselves up for life. So you should be credited with an aggressive stance there where others in lacrosse, I, I believe, have been slow to jump on that bandwagon. Are there any notable transfers? It uh, doesn't seem like there's as many as, as in the past, but uh, who, who are your notable transfers uh, as you start practice? 
Yeah, I think, uh, you know, whether it's the, the grad students uh, or the or the high school players, you know, we're, we're finding the right fit for the guys that see value and uh, are excited to be here at Rutgers for the academics and the, and the athletic opportunities to play Big Ten lacrosse. Uh, here at Rutgers in New Jersey and uh, the close proximity to New York City and the business and the Wall Street and the finance uh, aspect that some of these young men are very interested and motivated to, you know, pursue as careers uh, after their playing careers are over. Uh, but, you know, some of our uh, notable grad students this year uh, have been maybe filling some of the needs uh, of the graduation that took place. So, you know, you mentioned earlier in the in the talk about, uh, you know, Colin Kirst and the two years he spent here and the, and the impact that he had. So uh, we do have, uh, uh, you know, two grad student goalies, uh, you know, Kyle Mullen from uh, Harvard and uh, Anthony Palmer from Stony Brook that uh, we've been very happy with, uh, you know, just to, you know, uh, you know, the experience, the, the leadership uh, that they've been able to give the younger goalies in our program, uh, I think has you know, helped throughout the fall and will help us uh, in the springtime. Um, you know, a couple of, uh, you know, short stick D middies. Uh, we graduated our whole rope unit last year. Uh, so, uh, you know, having Ryan Decker come in um, and, and Noah Daniels and, and uh, John Miller uh, have, have certainly helped uh, to get some uh, experienced players at that position, uh, you know, where we're going to be very new and, uh, and, and, uh, and, and, inexperienced in in our uh, you know culture and uh and and um you know way we want to play so uh that's been a uh you know something that uh we've been working on uh, this fall and uh, we'll continue in the preseason so um you know uh, but you know uh, I'm really uh, excited about you know, uh, the returning guys, you know, we have, uh, you know, I think a very dynamic offensive player uh, in, in Ross Scott and, uh, and uh, Shane uh, uh, Knobloch that are coming back. Uh, David Sprock returns after, you know, missing last year with an injury. So, uh, and we have, uh, you know, some guys uh, on a defensive end, you know, Ethan Rowell and Bobby Russo, um, you know, that are, uh, you know, really have, uh, have had great careers and excited to have our own players here at Rutgers, uh, you know, continue uh, to play and, and get a, a graduate degree in their fifth year, you know, when their freshman years uh, were, were cut short, um, you know, with the cancellation of the COVID season in 2020. I had a question mark next to the short stick defensive middies, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's really been a part of your identity, the way you guys play. It was a really mature, strong, uh, and deep unit last year that allows you guys to run in transition. It's beautiful to watch. It's fun to watch when you get the NASCAR going, uh, and you guys put pressure on teams by keeping those guys on the field. Uh, is this current personnel group suited to continue that style, or will you have to adjust? Yeah, well, like I said, uh, we're going to have new faces uh, at that position, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, young freshmen, whether it's, uh, you know, returning guys, you know, stepping into bigger roles um, or whether it's the, the grad transfers. Uh, so uh, uh, right now, I think, you know, the best thing would be it's a work in progress, you know. So uh, I think we're you know trying to figure out, uh, you know, uh, meshing the, the personalities, the, the strengths and and, um, you know, Probably, uh, you know, keeping a, a lot of the identity that Rutgers has played with over the years. But, you know, uh, each uh, each season, uh, you know, changes. You have uh, talented seniors that, that graduate and you have new guys that come in. So uh, meshing and uh, playing to our strengths is something that I've always felt is very important. Uh, you know, we have a, a way we want to play and a way we want to recruit to the style we play. But then we also have to, you know, massage and uh, develop and and kind of maybe uh, tweak some things uh, with the with the you know the skill sets of the personnel that we have this current year or or in the future. What was it last year with Ross Scott? It seemed like the light bulb went on where where he really started playing to his strengths. You know that straight line speed, the acceleration, 
and then finishing uh, his shots from a severe angle. Did, did you see a transformation or a point where, wow, all of a sudden he, he's uh, an All-American caliber player? Well, I think, you know, first off, you got to you know, give him a lot of credit. You know, you know, no one puts in more extra work and no one's around the, the Rodkin Center and on the field, uh, in the bubble, um, you know, during the breaks and, and uh, on off days uh, after practices than, than, than he has been. Uh, and I think that's a, you know, he certainly uh, uh, has taken ownership in his career and has developed his game to, to grow each, uh, each season that he's matriculated. Uh, but, you know, I think uh, as a freshman coming in, you know, he had some raw talent that we needed to have on the field, um, you know, uh, and uh, coming out of the box as a midfielder was a, was a way for him to, you know, get on the field for us. Uh, to get that experience early in his career. I think he's had some great mentors, you know, uh, being around uh, Adam Shalambides and Kieran Mullins and, and uh, Connor Kirst have uh, really helped him the, you know, the first couple of years. And I think, uh, you know, last year you saw, you know, the graduation of a couple of uh, All-Americans and All-Big Ten performers. So having him uh, be on the field for all 60 minutes uh, down at the attack, as opposed to coming in uh, as a midfielder, uh, you just saw that comfort level, all that experience, the, the time he's put in on his own, you know, uh, you know, the mentoring that he got from uh, from older players and, you know, the the advice and insight, I think it's, uh, um, you know, was a, a big part of his success. And uh, we're hoping that that 60 minutes uh, in, in all those big games uh, last year, um, you know, helps, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, him personally, but also us as a whole. And, uh, and, I, and I do see him passing down that information, that knowledge, that mentoring to the new guys in our program now, just like uh, the guys uh, before him has done for him. Yeah, Russ, Russ Scott's a problem to cover because he, he's just so fast. I was really impressed with what he did last summer for Team USA. Is Brian Cameron, did he graduate or is he back? No, he's a, he's a senior for us. So he's, is he really? Uh, he's back wow. last year. So he, he, so he ends up playing like six years of, of college lacrosse. Good for him. Uh, so he, he's a weapon on the left side. Dante Coolis caught my eye last year. What's his status? Yeah, no, uh, another person who, uh, you know, uh, we have uh, very high hopes for, uh, you know, he's got an unbelievable skill set. Uh, he can score, he can stretch the defense, he can finish in tight. So, uh, you know, uh, you know, we really, uh, you know, uh, we're hoping that, you know, he was going to be used uh, a little bit more kind of like Ross Scott early in his career, you know, with a couple of uh, injuries that have sidelined him for big chunks of the year, uh, one early in March and then uh, and one later in, uh, in April really uh, prevented us from uh, using him as much as we would have liked. But, you know, uh, he's, uh, he's a year, year older, a year better, a year stronger. Uh, and uh, obviously uh, um, has, has had a great fall for us and uh, we're excited uh uh, for him uh, in the coming spring. Yeah, he's talented. Uh, there was a goal he scored last year that just it was like, whoa, who was that? How did he do that? He, that's a guy right now that I'd be buying stock in uh, preseason. Uh, Shane Knobloch, uh, spectacular freshman year, even better last year. Uh, unfortunate ending to a season with, with, that, with the injury. Uh, what, what's his status right now? And what, what do you see from Shane? What are your expectations for, for what, what appears to be, you know, a top 10 midfielder nationally? Yeah, no, he's a he's a big part of our success. I, I think uh, the experience, like you said, he's had the last couple of years, you know, uh, with some of the graduation that has taken place. You know, uh, we expect uh, more from him this year. We're going to, you know, uh, you know, put a little bit more on his plate. 
Uh, he is uh, not only a gifted lacrosse player skill wise, but, you know, extremely athletic and physical and, you know, uh, allowing him to do more, um, you know, maybe in transition on the defensive end, on the wings of faceoffs to, uh, you know, we need our uh, better players uh, on the field and, uh, and, and being uh, uh, able to, you know, uh, make some impacts, uh, you know, other than just uh, on the offensive end. So uh, he's someone that uh, we feel that, you know, we can lean on a lot more to do some of the uh, the little things besides just uh, dodge and shoot. And I think uh, uh, the experience with him, again, not only here at Rutgers the last two years, but for Team USA over the summer in the, in the World Games, uh, uh, you know, just uh, those experiences for Ross, for, for Shane, and for all our returning guys uh, going to the Final Four last year, you know, those are all things that, you know, you can't replicate unless you do it. And, uh, you know, so we're going to lean on those experiences and those those players that have, uh, you know, done it for us in the past at a high level. David Sprock, uh, healthy. And uh, two other guys I want to ask you, Jack Amon and Nick Tureski. Are, are they uh, in the mix for significant playing time at midfield? Yes. You know, uh, you know, David was uh, back out there, you know, uh, obviously we're, was smart in the fall with the rehab and, uh, you know, with his experience, uh, you know, trying to, you know, uh, you know, you know, take it easy and be smart with, uh, you know, him coming back to join us on the field. But uh, he had a great day yesterday and uh, we're expecting him to pick up right where he left off uh, uh, before the injury. And, you know, uh, as you mentioned uh, with Jack Amon and Nick Tresky, you know, two guys that have, uh, you know, grown up within the, uh, uh, the program, um, you know, as freshmen, uh, really uh, learning from some of the older guys in 2021, um, you know, and the experience we had making the NCAA tournament for the first time in many years uh, to uh, being solid uh, contributors on the second midfield and, and getting a lot of big game experience and and uh, having a ball in their stick in big moments that, uh, you know, we're expecting them with that experience to as juniors now to to really take their game and, uh, and help us, uh, you know, with the graduation of some of the guys, uh, you know, that we had. Uh, leave the program in May. Defensively, you mentioned Ethan Rawl, real catalyst. Uh, just, just a he, he starts so much action for you guys at the long pole position. And then Bobby Russo down low, the expediter. This guy's been like the core of your defense. It seems like forever. He's been, you know, he's the organizer. Uh, I got Brad Apgard. Is he, is he back also this year? Yeah, no, he's uh, another one that uh, you know came in last year as a grad transfer from the, here in New Jersey, and uh, you know was was injured early in the second game of the year, and just kind of came back uh, and was available for us uh, in the postseason. So uh, you know he sprinkled in a little bit, but uh, we're excited to have him uh, full time out there um, in in all the games. And Jackson Hanzik, another you know fifth year senior for us, uh, um, you know that. Uh, you know, came up through the ranks and uh, and, and really has uh, you know, been a student in the game and uh, was always uh, ready to go and uh, had some uh, big moment when Jared Jean Felix uh, got hurt in the quarterfinals against Lehigh. You know, he came in and uh, did a great job uh, getting us uh, that win for the first NCAA tournament uh, and trip to the quarterfinals in a, in a while for our program. So uh, we have some guys that are experienced and um, you know, uh, Remy Reynolds comes back. Uh, Lejean Jones is a is a is a is a grad transfer that uh you know joins us uh, in a in an area of need as far as uh, grading some more depth for us uh, down low and at the LSM position. So uh, it's a uh, you know it's a lot of new faces, but you know uh, certainly uh, you know a good fall from all of them that we're excited to start up with this spring. How do you uh you mentioned the goalie uh, Kyle Mullen? You bring in two transfers actually, uh, Mullen from Harvard. Uh, experience and then, and then a freshman from boys Latin who I got to watch play a bit last year, Carden Stoller. How do you approach a, uh, a goalie competition in, in the months of uh, January and February? 
Yeah, I think uh, you know we're very happy uh, with, with Cardin and uh, and everything he's uh, provided us uh, in the fall. You know, uh, you know, a great pedigree from uh, the experience he has uh, playing very high level high school across, and uh, the the mentoring he's had uh, from uh, from the from the goalie Smith guys and the training he's had. You know, uh, you know he he's had a very uh, you know successful and uh, very impressive uh, fall for us, and uh, and I think you know one of the things and when you think about you know, we are talking about the 2023 season and, and right now, but, uh, you know, sometimes you're also, you know, looking for, you know, down the road a little bit. And, uh, you know, uh, if we didn't have Kyle with his experience at Harvard and, uh, you know, his mentoring to, to give, um, you know, Cardin, you know, that would be a mistake, uh, on my part. So, uh, I really think, uh, you know, they've been, uh, they've been great, you know, Cardin's been able to learn and get some experience and, and be mentored. And I think, uh, there's a lot of intangibles that go into, you know, not just stopping the ball and clearing the ball and commanding the defense. Uh, so, uh, you know, we want to help him you know, be as successful as we can early and, and late in his career. So, uh, you know, the goalie room has been healthy. Uh, and I think that's, uh, you know, we, you know, obviously uh, are going to miss, uh, you know, Colin Kirst and he's, uh, you know, two-time All-American for us and a captain. Uh, but I, I do think, uh, you know, the personalities, uh, the people and uh, the experiences in that room right now, uh, they're working well. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, uh, we, uh, you know, have some great competition and, uh, and get a, a solid, solid showing uh, down there, uh, you know, throughout the spring. Both Mullen and Stoller have, uh, they're big frame goalies. So they fill up the cage nicely, which I think is a positive. Uh, I want to finish up personnel-wise with, with the face-off situation. Uh, John DeHanio coming back? Yes. Yeah, he's a senior for us. Uh, and, um, you know, he's been a, a big part of our success the last couple of years, too. You know, maybe not, you know, uh, the numbers aren't as gaudy as some of those, you know, face-off guys that, uh, you know, maybe uh, you, you talk about, but some of the intangibles, once again, uh, at that position that he provides our program, uh, you know, he could, you know, back in the early years uh, when I first got here, he could probably play, uh, you know, offensive midfield for us, and he could probably be a starting D-midi for us. So, uh, you know, we have a guy that, you know, can get a stop, can run in transition. We can keep on the field and, and play. Uh, you know, obviously, Joe Nardella is doing it at a – all world and uh, world team and uh, PLL level, but he reminds me a lot of Joe Nardella where, uh, you know, he has a stick, he's at very athletic, uh, and he can do more than just face off. He is a true, you know, three-way midi as we kind of, you know, talk about it uh, uh, on the field with us. Uh, he can play offense and defense and face off. So uh, the face off position is very important, but uh, we do feel that uh, uh, some of the intangibles allow us to, you know, do a little bit more with him than just face off. Tell me about your approach in January, Coach. Do, do you find yourself leaning uh, the skill development? Uh, is, is it installation of schemes? Is a little bit of everything in terms of fitness? Uh, what, do you, what do you want as your intensity level? And, and then how do you balance like figuring out you're too deep amongst all that? It, it seems like there's a lot going on right now as, as you step on the field in the month of January. Yeah, I would say a little different uh, this preseason uh, and fall, for that matter, uh, with all the you know graduation from the last couple of years. So a lot of new faces, um, you know, in our program, and uh, you know, skill development is important. Uh, you know, understanding uh, uh, the gelling and playing within our system and what what our strengths are going to be and how we can kind of tailor that to the uh, to what we want to do with the personnel that we have. Uh, 
Uh, I think uh, a lot of uh, skill development. I think a lot of uh, you know uh, you know small parts and, and putting things together. You know, I, I do feel that we can play ourselves into shape uh, with the pace that we practice at and the tempo that we play at with some of the drill work and the, the transition stuff. So, um, you know, we don't need to be in the best shape right now. I think what, that will come throughout the, the preseason. Uh, but for the first time, you know, we've always had one or two scrimmages. We have three scrimmages uh, this year. I think it's important with all the new faces, those uh, those game reps with officials and and uh, and that, that competition against a different color jersey uh, is something that uh, we wanted to, you know, uh, have all our you know, returning guys, but also uh, the new guys uh, experience as we kind of, you know, gel as a, as a different team than, uh, than last year and, uh, you know, prepare for the 23 season. You still have a voice. You're not hoarse, which is usually a good sign. A lot of times when I talk to coaches in the month of January, their, their voices are shocked. They're not in game shape voice-wise when the season starts. Well, only one day in so far. So, uh, uh, and, uh, not going to lose my voice after the first day of practice, after the guys being uh, away and home for a month over the holidays. Well, it's great catching up with you. Congratulations again on, on the success in the last two years. You've really taken the program, the new heights. It's been fun to watch. Uh, again, it's so enjoyable to, to cover you guys in the semifinals last year, but that, that, that home playoff game against Harvard is, is one that stands out. Uh, all time for me as, as, a, as a, you know, a, a, a day for Rutgers lacrosse. You had so many alums there, the fans. It was just, uh, it was just awesome. So uh, thank you for, for, uh, for, for your success. And I and, uh, just feel lucky that I was a part of that. I appreciate you having me on today, and I agree that was a special day for Rutgers across for for me and uh, uh, that 2022 team. And uh, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, uh, looking forward to uh, you know starting up this year. And uh, appreciate your time with our players and our program. Bada bing, bada bang, bada boom. That's it. Do you love watching sports highlights? Five Star, the world's first sports highlight rating app, is here. Athletes and fans can share, view, and rate the best sports highlights between one and five stars. The app is comment-free and has athletes of all skill levels, even pros like Kylie O'Miller, Kyle Harrison, and the 2022 PLL MVP Trevor Baptiste. Download five-star highlights to earn yours.